0: It's fun to see, uh, I kind of sat in the back and watched Chad's head begin to bob and I thought pretty soon he was going to be standing up and he was going to (laughs) be rocking away. Uh, We we switched to the music video so you missed a lot of the lyrics and some of us are not rock and roll listeners so you may not have thought, I can't understand those lyrics so therefore I'm not going to listen. But basically, if you got the chorus, we are meant for more. And our faith is meant for more. Most of my Christian life, uh, living in America, most of my life being li- I lived in Texas. I was born in California. If that explains anything about me, uh, the faith has been so individualized, and I think it's part of our culture. Um, you know, and sometimes people say, well, don't mess with your don't mess with your culture. Now, I mean, but the kingdom of God does mess with our culture. It doesn't matter where you live, because we're being called into a kingdom culture, which is an improvement over our culture. There's no perfect human culture. So the kingdom is refining our culture. And the individualism, pull yourself up by the bootstraps mentality of Texas is not good. That's not good. That's not consistent with Jesus. And so I think all of us are challenged uh, to, to move out of individualism into something more. There is something more than me taking care of myself. That more is a community. We're we're meant, we are actually created by God for community. Community is more than one person living together. That's what community is in the most simplistic way. We're meant to live together in relationship with Jesus. Uh, We were created to be this community that is following Jesus. And we're doing that together. Uh, and we're mindful of each other. You know, if I, if I am three steps in front of you, I'm supposed to not say, nah, 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 I'm supposed to reach back and say, come on, or I backtrack. You know, simple thing, but Susan and I, as we were moving out of uh, one expression of faith towards the vineyard, I had the opportunity to go to more conferences. And I was moving, I was, we were separating because I was moving further along on, in a different kind of philosophy of ministry life, and life, we had to say we're not gonna do that anymore because we need to we're going together. I'm not just going I you know it's not about me. <laughs> it's about us following Jesus together. It's about us learning, what is Jesus saying to us, and how do we put that to work together? What are we learning together from Jesus? You know, how how are we living together with Jesus in the center of our lives? And then today we're going we're gonna to emphasize that, that we've, we've been created to serve together. So out of that following, and out of that learning, and out of that living, now we're serving. We're serving a king. We have a king that we serve. We have each other. We're serving each other. And then we have a whole generation of people all around us. The big world, we, we are created to serve this world. So what, what I'm looking at is a, com- a community that's created, it's being created, and by following Jesus, learning together, living together, and serving together, that kind of that, that movement which, you know, I follow this and then I learn and, and then I, and I live it out and I serve and then I'm, I, that leads me to following again and then I learn some more and I live it out some more and then I'm serving some more, will never stop And as we do that, as we commit ourselves to do that, that's how we're announcing there is a kingdom. There is a king. There's something more in this life. So the announcement of the kingdom is just not some solo prophet out there saying, Well, it happened with John, but it but it's moved from that to a community of people announcing there is a kingdom. So our mission, to be a diverse community of ordinary people following Jesus, learning, living, and delivering the good news of the kingdom to our neighbors and the nations with extraordinary acts and words until everyone and everything is under the dignified and powerful rule of Jesus. That's, that's who we are. That's what we do. And That's why we're taking the month to talk about it. Ephesians 4 Verse 7 through 13 is the passage that I'd like us to visit about being a servant community. What does it mean for us to serve our king, to serve each other, and to serve our generation? So if you want to go there in your Bible, I'm going to read out of the J.B. Phillips Bible. I don't know. That was where I started reading the Bible. I talked to a lot of people this week about young life, so I guess I just went back to my roots. And here we go. So follow along as I read. Naturally, there are different gifts and functions. Individually, grace is given to us in different ways out of the rich diversity of Christ's giving. As the scripture says, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts to men. And then there's a parenthetical parenthetical explanation that Paul wants us to get what he's trying to say. Note the implication here. To say that Christ ascended means that he must previously have descended, that is, from the height of heaven to the depth of this world. The one who made this descent is identically the same person as he who has now ascended high above the very heavens, that the whole universe, from lowest to highest, might know his presence, might know his grace. His gifts to men, his gifts to humanity were varied, they remained varied. Some, he made his messengers, apostles. Some prophets, some preachers of the gospel, evangelists. Some, he gave the power to guide, pastors. Others, to teach his people, teachers. His gifts were made that Christians might be properly equipped for their service. That the whole body might be built up until the time comes when in the unity of the common faith and common knowledge of the Son of God we arrive at real maturity. That measure of development which is meant by the fullness of Christ. Each of us has been given grace according to the measure that Jesus gave it. That's a very intriguing statement. Each person in this room, from the middle school to the senior, whether you're male, whether you're female, doesn't matter your racial profile, each of us that are following Jesus, he has measured out grace and he's given it to us. Now, when I thought about a measurement, maybe I was hungry, but then I thought, well, what is that measurement? What is the measurement that Jesus would give? So then I kind of thought, well, maybe, for Rand, maybe it's a little teaspoon. Just a little teaspoon of grace. Okay. Then Garrett, knowing a little different, you know, well, maybe it's a cup of grace. Yeah. But when you read... Is, Is the grace that is being given in this... Is the picture about a teaspoon or a cup? What's the picture that's painted in this passage? There's There's a picture painted and then there's a phrase that Paul uses. And I think he's really using that to tell us the measure of the grace that Jesus gives to you is pictured by this and it's this phrase. You know what the picture is? Jesus has filled the universe from highest heaven to possibly even hell. And he's filled it with his presence, and with his presence is grace. And so the measure that Jesus gives grace is the measure that he fills the universe with. And the phrase is the fullness. Of Christ. So when grace has been given to us, each of us, according to the measure that Jesus gives it, it's like a universe full. Let that sink in for a minute. <laughs> you you haven't received a thimble full of grace. It doesn't even get to be a cop. It is a universe full of grace has been given. Now, some of that grace has been exp- is expressed through equipping ministries. We could call that spiritual leadership. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. And they've been given grace not to be apostles... Not to be prophets, not to be evangelists, not to be pastors, not to be teachers. They've been given grace, according to what he's saying here, for one thing. Do you see what that one thing is? To equip. To equip the saints. Look at your neighbor and say, You are a saint. Well that was hard to do, wasn't it? <laughs> Well, sometimes you're saint, no. Now, saint, I mean, we we may not be comfortable with saint Chad. Would you, you know, we may not be comfortable, but that's the way that that's a believer. That's a that's someone that's followed following Jesus in the New Testament is called a saint. We're saints. We're we're holy ones. What we're holy because we hang out with Jesus, not because constitutionally we're holy. We're becoming holy because he's holy. So the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor, those are all the, the equipping offices and they are to equip the body of Christ for practical service. That's the grace that's been given them. To equip everybody, everybody, everybody in this room has received a boatload of grace. Grace. And that grace is meant to be used in a practical way. And the equipping ministries are to prepare the body of Christ, all believers, everybody, to do something in this world. Now, without that, without spiritual leaders equipping the church to do practical service then this is really telling us three things. One, the body is broken. The Greek word on equipping, it's a medical, it's a technical term out of medicine. It has to do with the setting of a bone. So the equipping ministries set broken bones so so that people can do what they've been created to do. And so if the equipping ministries are not equipping, they're not setting the bones, then the body's broken. Paul's also telling us that with this practical service, when the body, when the Christians, when people following Jesus are equipped for practical service and they're doing it, then the body is strengthened. So without the equipping, without serving, the body's weak. And then the most profound thing, and I'll have to explain this, is he's also telling us that without the grace to equip and then to do something practically with our faith, then the body of Christ is actually unreal. It's fictional. It's just something we talk about. It's a title we put on something. Now, you might ask, "Where'd where'd you get that? Come on. Well, I found a quote that I thought was helpful. The quote is this. The establishment of the community in work for the kingdom of God in the widest sense thus constitutes for Paul a material precondition of the upbuilding and consequently the actualization of the community. Now that's a quote you've got to think about for a moment. So just take a moment. Reread it. In this passage, Paul is talking about the establishment of a community that is working for the kingdom of God in the widest sense possible. I love that. So we've been called to follow Jesus. We've been called to learn from Jesus. We've been called to live in community together with Jesus, and we're called to serve him. And so we are a community that is meant to be working for the kingdom of God in the widest sense possible. And that constitutes for Paul, who is being inspired as he writes this, a material precondition of the upbuilding. What that's saying is, that as we give ourselves to serving our king, to serving one another, to serving our generation, that practical service must happen before edification, before the spiritual strengthening of the body of Christ. The body of Christ will not grow stronger spiritually if we are not equipped to do practical things with our faith. And it seems even more profound than that. Consequently, the actualization of the community rests upon being equipped to do something practical with our faith, building up the body of Christ, the strengthening of the body, so that the community is actually genuine, authentic, and veritable. discovering how we serve is a big deal. Dismissing service? Oh, I'll get to that someday, or I've already done that, been there, done that. I don't do that anymore. See, we can't be the body of Christ. Well, without each of us having a sense, there is grace in my life an abundance of it. i got to do something with this grace. And I can't do it alone. I want to do it with somebody else. So we get together. Okay, so what are we going to do with this grace? Well, we need, we need help. So could, could our apostles, our prophets, our evangelists, our pastors, could you, all, could you prepare us for service? Like, could you equip us? Could you help us? And then turn us loose to do the work of the kingdom in our generation? And when we do that, the body of Christ... It's strengthened spiritually. And it's actually validated. It's authentic. It's genuine. So today I'm going to ask you, how are you serving the king? In what practical way are you putting the grace in your life to work? Who have you invited to help equip you, to prepare you to do the work of service? Who are you doing it with? And now I hope you understand a little bit more of the reason why you're doing it. Now, as I've been doing, I've got a little sheet that I'm going to pass out in a moment. But before we get there, I'm going to tell you about our servant community. In in this local church, this is how we recruit people to do the work of ministry. Now, before we go there, I am in no way saying that's the only way you can serve Jesus. Hear me now, (laughs) you may serve Jesus however you wish to serve Jesus in the widest way possible for the kingdom of God. We've got some ways you can serve him here. I'm not sure that we're all called to serve him here, but if we are, we want to make sure that everybody that's in this room, again, from middle school to senior, knows they have grace in their life to be on a ministry team and serve some way. Okay, makes sense? All right. So our servant community, it starts with oversight and administration. We don't recruit for our overseers. We, we recognize them. So right now we recognize George and Cindy, Steve and Mary Ann, Jeremy and Jen, Ron and Becky, Kevin and Andrea, Jason, Alyssa, Susan and I. We're overseeing, we're shepherding, we're pastoring. We are hopefully equipping this local body of, of people for ministry. And we take care of some church administration. There is some administration to do. That's not a big deal. We don't want to get caught up in administration. We want to do people work, not, not paperwork. And then we have a children's ministry team. I mean, if we, if we want to talk values of the kingdom, how much did Jesus value kids? So what we do as far as a ministry, a team of people serving, that's, again, that's a huge thing in the kingdom. And so Jenna is coordinating our children's ministry, but, but we need four more class leaders. You know, we, we want each of our classrooms to have a team of people. In the nursery, team of people. We're serving these kids. Preschool, we're serving these kids. Younger elementary, we're serving these kids. Older elementary, we're serving these kids. We stop our children's ministry at sixth grade. So if you're, if you're past sixth grade, you don't go that way anymore. You stay right here. So then we're trying to figure out what are we going to do with middle school. We need a middle school team that say, hey, you know, I, I'm called to serve middle schoolers. Then we have a worship team, Matt way. Matt's coordinating that. We, we want people to serve on worship teams. We have multiple worship teams because we want to keep making ways for people to serve. We have an arts and creativity team. Christy Gallagher tends to, you know, the colors and the flowers and you know, snowflakes. And she tends to kind of pick up that part of creativity. Benji picks up the sound, the, the you know, the visual things. Uh, We have even just the ministry of using our building and cleaning our building. Mike Dotson is coordinating that. And some of us have the grace to clean a building. Isn't that crazy? So we have a team of people. We want a team of people that do that, not just somebody, one buddy. We have people that do creation care, grateful for those that recognize, man, we're supposed to be good stewards of where we live. One of the things we do is clean Highway 46, a section of it. Robert and Kelly are leading that team. We have compassion ministries. The one we tend to highlight is is Laurel Plaza, and Susan leads that team once a month serving lunch there, caring for that senior community. Hospitality. I mean, somebody's got to bring coffee on Sunday mornings. Somebody has to coordinate the snacks. And then other things we do in hospitality. Some of us have that grace. We want to be on that team. We want to help with that. Others, prayer ministries, this, these prayer requests, they go, to, they go to people on a team. I, truthfully, I, I couldn't pray all those prayers every week. I'd be a wreck. I, w- I would feel this tremendous weight, burden. So I am so grateful there's a team of people because lots of grace goes into that team praying for us. We would like to do more with our ministry team so that we end each of our times together. For those that need I mean, really receive ministry. That's different than receiving prayer. It's opportunities to, to invite the kingdom of God to break in into our lives and do something now. Help. Now we have mission partnerships. So we we, we want to have t- a team of people for Chile. You know, who who's interested in Chile? Our Journeys of Understanding. That's a really unique mission partnership. You know, we want people to, best they can, understand that in the Middle East, we're not, we're not supposed to pick a side. We're supposed to be reconcilers. So let's, let's go figure it out. And then the School of Reconciliation and Justice with Kathy. So those are, those are the different ministries we've identified. And each one of us has been given grace, lots of it, to serve on a team in one of these ministries or there may be other ministries that are not here. And that's, man, that is great. The question is, though, are you on a ministry team? I mean, are you each and every week doing ministry with others for the kingdom? Because that's really important. He's got a ministry, honking that horn. All right? All right, could I have somebody's help? I hopefully have enough of these for everyone. Would you like to hand those out? One in every person's hand. Uh, Middle school to senior. You know, we don't want to exclude anybody. Here you go, Steve. We also have uh, our little basket of pencils again. So if you if you need a pencil, because I'm going to ask you to take a moment. I'm going to ask you to make a a decision. Again, as you consider how and how you would serve, and if the, you're interested, one. Do we have any more? Did we run out? All right. For those of you... There we go. We're making more copies. Uh, One, if you're going to pick something on this list, do it because you want to. Grace is given us so that we do what we've been created to do. Grace has not been given to us so that we can graciously do something out of obligation. That's not what it is. It's been hard for me to learn that I have to let things sometimes fall through the crack. I can't do it all. And I have, it's never worked when somebody says, well, I'll just do it because it's got to get done. If, if we serve even great things like the kingdom of God out of obligation, we will do it for a short time and then we'll go elsewhere because we get tired of doing it. So don't do anything. I mean, I'm not asking you. I'm giving you an opportunity. Do you want to express the grace given to you in some way? Here's a way to do it. So if you don't want to do it, great. But find something that you do like. The other is you might be thinking, well, I don't know. I'm young. Doesn't matter. What are your interests? We want middle school to seniors being on ministry teams in all of these ways. Then you look at this and say, well, what I do isn't on this list. That's fine. Because if it's not on a list, I'd love just just right on the back. This is how I serve. And it's just that I would know and then you have somebody praying for you. That's it. It's not to keep track of you just to support you and encourage you. Now, making choices like this, I mean, I, this is the third. If you haven't done one on our learning community or our living community, I have those too. if you want to do one on that. They're up here. I, I, I We do this once a year. And we do it because we think it's important and, and we're trying to help people get in the right place at the right time and use the grace that, been given them. We want the body of Christ built up, and we want to experience genuine, real community, and this is one of the ways we do it. So if I could take a moment, could I pray for us? Alright? So Lord, as we kind of come to the the time where we make choices, Lord, I I just want to invite you to lead us in our selections. Lord, I'd ask that you would awaken us to the fact that there is an abundance of grace in our lives that you have poured a universe full of grace into each and every one of us. And Lord, we we want with that grace to follow you. We want to learn from you. We want to live it out together. And we want to serve you. So Lord, as, as we make these decisions, would you allow us to know what our interests are? to know where it seems that you tend to grace our life, to, to, to just excite us about opportunities of serving, whether they be here or whether they be other places. It, it just doesn't matter whatever we do for you and for your kingdom. So I do ask you, Holy Spirit, to come. Come. Let us know ourselves. Let us know where we want to to apply ourselves, what our interests are, where your grace comes out of our life like almost effortlessly. Lord, thank you for giving us a way to be a community of people that is real and genuine, authentic. We pray, O Lord, that as we give ourselves to practical service we we pray that your body, the body of Christ would be strengthened and that we would that day come to full maturity measured by the fullness of Christ we all have a part to play in that that's just awesome, thank you Lord in your name, amen so take the time Uh, I would love to collect these, you can just set them up here on this table uh, before you leave today I, 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 you, you know, I want to extend to you, you know, the opportunity to take it with you and bring it back, but I'm not going to be here next week, and I'm afraid I'm not going to get it back. So uh, think about it. Also, if you didn't get the opportunity to uh, look at a learning or living selections, that's here. You're welcome to do that. And I thank you for our time together. May your week go well.